This episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast is sponsored by Mr. B, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. Check out their products in your local grocery store or online at mrb.com. There are several up-and-coming Appalachian artists grabbing people's attention all over the world in part because they know how to promote their music with the power of social media. And one of those uber creative artists in West Virginia is a guy named Shalim. The Beckley native has a bunch of easy flowing songs that he masters himself. Yeah, he makes the beat, writes the lyrics, records in his home studio. Everything that he starts, he finishes by himself. And aside from being a creative musician, he's also fluent in French and is a full-time civil engineer. Yeah, Isaac designs plans to help make the state's water systems flow efficiently. Is it Isaac or is it Shalem? Well, ask yourself, is it Batman or is it Bruce Wayne? Basically, they're one and the same. And we dive into this duality and interest that he has in this episode. And he recently finished a Marshall University TEDx talk about what rapping and engineering have in common. Of course, we dive deep into that discussion. So let's get to it on this week's episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast, where we advocate for all things West Virginia and share authentic stories directly from West Virginians. This is a phenomenal episode. You're going to enjoy it. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Let's get to it right now. Mace, hit the music. shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. All right, everybody, welcome into this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. CJ Harvey here, Cooper Zimmerman, with morning, me as morning. always, special guest today, Isaac Fadiga Shalem. Yes, sir. So, like, when somebody calls you Isaac, do you just know, like, either they don't know what's been going on with you recently, or, like, do you know that maybe that's, like, a friend from a past? Like, how do you, when somebody calls you Isaac, do, do you even turn anymore? Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've only, I've only, I've only just now started being called Shalem more than Isaac, but, I mean, I have, I live two lives, so I have, I have two professional lives, so people always call me Isaac at my day job so i'm not i'm not completely removed from being isaac and then also i talk to my friends and family all the time so like hannah montana man (laughs) (laughs) two lives (laughs) um when you okay that actually rolls us right into our next question because we're we record these episodes you know spice it up a little bit and then we release them we are recording this at an at the earliest time that we have ever recorded this but Man, you got you got to go to work, right? You are a civil yeah. engineer, a day to day civil engineer, which is insane uh, to think that what your day job is compared to your job at night. Um, tell us a little bit about that, man. Like as a civil engineer, what are some of the projects that you're like working on right now, and where did like that passion come from to go into engineering? Um, so I as as a civil engineer, I walk I work in water and wastewater. Uh, design mostly mostly in the distribution systems and collection systems but we do some we as a company do a lot of treatment plants i just don't have a whole lot of experience with that and um that's what i do we bring we bring the water to people's houses and then we take the poop water from their houses to the plant (laughs) so you i said read a little bit about your bio so you did not grow up in west virginia you grew up outside of silver spring outside of washington dc parents from the ivory coast did you ever imagine living in west virginia was this even like a thought that crossed your mind or like how did you kind of come to being even identifying as an appalachian rapper kind of like on your instagram like how did that is this is this all crazy to you as it is to other people or do you feel like (laughs) this journey's been you're like no i've kind of seen this picture in my mind the my entire life well i like to say that i'm essentially from Beckley, because that's where I spent most of my childhood. We moved. Okay. We moved there when I was in third grade. So gotcha. I spent what's that like 
10 years living there there and then when i went to marshall i was still technically living in beckley whenever i was right there. so gotcha. i always say i'm i always say i'm from beckley but um i guess to kind of answer your question i think i think it's a little i think it's a little crazier to everybody else than it is to me um especially since my parents are from a different country a different continent and i also grew i also spend three of my three of my younger years there that i'm really i'm really used to being in different environments and like everything all seems the same to me so i don't really i don't really tell a difference and i don't really feel a difference you know there's yeah. differences but oh, yeah. with me i'm just i'm just here and then i'm there and it's all the same yeah no, no moment is ever too big or too small. Every everything kind of registers on the same exactly. level, right? Nope. Yeah, I think because it, you know, my fiance, she's um, her name's Dina Devari. She's Persian, so her family's from Iran, and you know, her grandparents are still in Iran. She often goes back to you know visit them. The good, the good majority of her family is in America now, but you know, they speak Farsi, right? They speak two languages, her native language, Farsi. Um, and I've always said that you know it's a tremendous, I think, advantage. Um, she's an engineer as well, so I'm, I'm just kind of like laying these. I don't know if these theories are accurate or not, but like I can't help but think like her, you know, being able to speak two languages being from like almost identifying as one culture and then coming to a different culture and being around two things it's i think you know from an outside perspective probably such an advantage to shape the way you look at a problem the way you look at a solution the way you look at like trying to analyze something because you're constantly in your mind maybe has been trained to see things differently at the same time do you ever feel like maybe that's the same for you like isaac and shalem like you're, you're like we just said like you're like in your mind it's kind of one and the same but it's almost like you can have two different two different persons if you will but at the, at the core you feel like it's your true self in each form do you ever think that maybe that's even even in west virginia culture people being kind of quote-unquote hate west virginia but we also love west virginia like you're almost constantly in that like duality if, if that makes sense like do you think that's ever helped your creativity have you ever thought about it like that in that in those terms I have definitely never thought about it like that. But when you say it, it makes sense. Um, I'll say one thing. One thing I noticed, I noticed uh, I, I have two older brothers and I noticed in my brothers before I noticed in myself. But we are also bilingual. We speak French. And um, I noticed that my elder brother specifically, he always sounds angry when he's speaking French. Like he's just <laughs> way more intense. Right. And then I noticed that I also sound a little bit like, I don't know how to put it, but I sound somewhat different. So kind of that kind of speaks to your point of like, when you're in a different environment, when you're doing a different thing, you kind of get a different version of yourself, but it's obviously still coming from the same brain. Right. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah. So how does, how does all of that kind of incorporate into your music? If that if that makes sense, like how does the person that you were you grew up as kind of flow into to the the music that you try and produce because that is the eternal uh, outlet of creativity. Yeah, um, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm like I'm really bad about um, analyzing the the. I guess the bigger picture and how you just do it, man. You just get up there and you just yeah. kill it. I'm very, <laughs> I'm a very in front of my face kind sure. of guy. Like it's whatever's the next step, whatever, whatever this thing I'm looking at, that's where I'm at. And that's all I know. Yeah. I like it, man. Well, then maybe answer to even help help us understand because I'm always fascinated by musicians. Wait, first of all, can you rap in French? You said you speak French. Can you mm -hmm. like, can you rap in French? In theory, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? In theory, <laughs> so I am I am technically a fluent speaker, but my my vocabulary is very weak. Um, I still i i talk to I talk to my family over there regularly. I have weekly calls with with my grandma, and to this day, like I can't I can't get through the conversation with with without saying what's that word, the one with the yeah, right, right, so. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be very difficult. And I have I have snuck some French into some songs, but like I I do not have the confidence to just go for it. Well, perform French down Charleston. What's <laughs> so crazy about that idea, though, and this is like my total ignorance showing, but it's like 
French and English are so different, you know, languages, such different vocabularies. How can it, how can you rap about something that, how can you rap about the same thing, but where the vocabularies are so different words don't rhyme, but you can still try and rap about the same thing. I don't know. I've, I've just never even thought about <laughs> that is to do that. Um, the answer is that you, you play your rhymes against <laughs> that. So you either, you either pick two French words to, to, to rhyme or you stick the French in front of the English word that you're rhyming. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't think I've ever tried to rhyme <laughs> a French word with an English <laughs> word, especially because you're right. They have completely different pronunciations. So you would be, you would be forcing it which I'm no stranger to. I don't know how much <laughs> of my stuff you, you guys have heard, but I I am a fan of mispronouncing stuff for the rhyme just because I think it's funny. CJ, we've got big news here at Mountaineer Media. Mr. B Chips has agreed to stay on board and remain our presenting sponsor for all of 2022. That's easily the best news of 2022 so far. I'm a little biased. I get it. But no, this is huge news for us. And Marianne Kettleson is the CEO of Mr. B Potato Chip, the only potato chip made in the great state of West Virginia. So Marianne, thank you for believing in us. We certainly believe in what you and Mr. B is doing as a whole. And Cooper, Marianne, just like one of the coolest people out there, right? We've spoken with her on a handful of occasions. She's ultra supportive, but she's just like this down to earth, chill person, the queen bee, as we like to say. He's an absolute rock star, guys. Check him out, MrB.com. Find them in your local grocery store. We're so, so uh, proud and supportive of Mr. B because they believe in us and they believe in West Virginia. Cooper, there are a couple of things in life that you really just like can't mess up. You really have to nail it on the head, like buying a car, buying a home, buying an engagement ring, something that you and producer Mason Jack just went through. And both of you guys just bought your rings from one of the most trusted jewelry stores in all of West Virginia, and they are now a proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media, Calvin Royals Jewelry. And Cooper, that was a great decision that you made going to them to buy that ring, wasn't it? It absolutely was. It was a little stressful, but I tell you what, once I walked into the doors at Calvin Boyles, I went to their South Charleston location and look, they made it so easy. I was not put under any pressure. I was informed. It was fun. It was uplifting. It was all about creating the best experience for me buying it, but also with my fiance in mind. They listened to me and I ended up getting a great piece of jewelry. And I think you can too. Anybody listening can go to South Charleston, Taze Valley or Beckley, go in there and see Calvin Boyles, mention Mountaineer Media. And I'm they're going to get a little smile across their face because they're investing right back in West Virginia. They even have something called the Horton West Virginia Collection and money that comes from that goes towards a scholarship for West Virginia students. So they believe in West Virginia just like we do. Calvin Royals Jewelers, proud partner of Mountaineer Media. Yeah, you can check them out online. They also have stores in Beckley, Tays Valley, and like Cooper said, South Charleston. So check them out online, check them out in stores. But Calvin Broyles Jewelry, proud sponsor of Mountaineer Media. No, I've, I've been like uh, binging your stuff and we're actually, we're good friends. I would call us friends because we've kept up with uh, Corduroy Brown, Alan Brown. Yeah. Um, we had him on the podcast a couple months ago. He's an awesome, his story, incredible. I mean, what he went through with his whole battle with like the COVID, the hospital and like, I mean, he shared, I mean, we were, I think we were crying on that episode, CJ. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, he was just a, he had such a good perspective on it too. And it's, you know, you can see how it shaped his love for his friends and his family and all of that. Um, but my original question before I got distracted about how cool it was that you could speak French um, was I kind of, you know, I feel like I resonate as a creative person, right? My, my real day job is creating content for a financial management company. So I, I kind of live in that same world of duality of like my real day job is this. I go by, you know, very professional Cooper button up LinkedIn and then come on the podcast <laughs> and it's a little bit more creative and loose and whatnot. But my, my question is around creativity because I always find it interesting to hear other people's processes when it comes to creativity because people if you're talking to someone, let's call them the suits, right? The suits represent just corporate -y kind of world. And they say, you know, make something or create something. It's hard to do that in like a window of time. Like I can't just wake up and be creative between 9am and 5pm. And just that's my that's when I'm like working being creative or just draw it out of like, 
something very regimented. Like I might get inspired by one little snippet of something that I hear or see or have a mm -hmm. conversation or something. And then that's like, oh, wow, that just unlocked like a whole different angle of something that I want to come on the podcast and talk about or create Definitely. a piece of artwork around. When you're creating music, is, is that similar? Like, do you feel like you, are you drawing inspiration from a quick convo you had at Taylor Brooks with somebody in Charleston? And then all of a sudden that ends up being sugar water, right? Or like, how do you, in your Absolutely. mind, like, like you how know. do you, how do you flow with that? like how does that work for shalom yeah it uh it like you like you said it comes from it comes from random places at random times and you just gotta hope that it comes at a good time that you're able to uh, able to act on it. <laughs> Capture it yeah exactly but um i think yeah it just it it always comes from wherever um you're, you gotta be insanely lucky to have to get Sorry, you got to be insanely lucky to get it to pop up on command, right? So, mm -hmm. um where where I where I produce all my own songs, uh that kind of it's it's obvious it's it's honestly more of more of a you make it happen than it comes to you when it comes to like picking out sounds and putting them all together. But for me, lyrically, it's always it's always whenever it feels like coming. So that's what that's where I have I have a voice recorder full of full of ideas that will never, <laughs> never see the light of day. And then the I vault. also yeah, I write everything in my um in my little notes app too. So I have I have like a running a running tabulation of just like individual lines it's called okay. random ish and i think i'm on random ish number five i okay. started random ish one back when i was still writing on paper gotcha oh that's cool <laughs> i like the uh like the rogan method of like whenever he has an idea yeah it's like it doesn't matter if he's with his family in a setting a gathering or anything he like runs out of the room and they're like where are you going he's like stop don't talk to me don't talk to me he's like gonna go write it down <laughs> get it in his phone write it down on paper so he doesn't forget it immediately um and uh so so when you are creating the music i i think i probably have the answer to this but does it for you does it start with the lyrics or does it start with the beat probably does it start with the lyrics because that just seems to be like the first natural process and then the beats come second or were you kind of a different you know the, the that, other way around? that your guess was that your guess before I my, my yeah my guess was the lyrics because I lyrics feel like first. at a younger age it's easier to like write words than it is to create beats so I just assumed that lyrics probably was where it started but that's a that's a solid guess and a really good reasoning but the answer is absolutely not I think cool. I've probably made three to five songs total with the lyrics first interesting it's always the beat first um Again, since since like I've I've come to realize why this happens, and I'm not gonna bore you with the why, but no, we like the why. Come, the why is interesting. <laughs> I've come to realize that like I can get started making the actual music, making the beat and the stuff easier because of the way my brain works. The long and short of it is I am way too I'm way too particular and I put way too much emphasis on every single piece. And when you're when you're building when you're building an instrumental, you can you can play out your sound, put your put some drums on on it, and then you like the drums, but you don't like the sound, so you can just mute that and then try something else, switch it into a piano, and like it's a really you can really iterate it over and over again. And when when you try to do that with lyrics, you have a line, and then you're like, where does this go? I don't know. What do I do? um let me restart the whole line no because then you're just starting over for, from zero and it just doesn't you can't really for me you can't really make it a process necessarily like you can with in with an instrumental so that's why that that's why I kind of get my groove feeling with the music and then also probably more importantly is that the ideas come from the music they always they always, I always find a sound that, that I'm like, no, instead of putting that down, I should make that my voice. And then that's when I fill it out with lyrics and blah, blah, blah. 
kind of comes out of you almost yeah that makes yeah. sense it's almost more inspired from the music so the beat inspires you to write the lyrics not so much for yeah. sure for yeah. sure and um and that that makes it that that makes it a real challenge because once i have once i have that then i kind of have to force the idea that i have in my mind like there's something if there if there is something i want to talk about then i kind of have to guide it into fitting on the, this beat instead of starting there and making it mesh together yeah that makes perfect sense um well okay well let's get into the old COVID talk because COVID has changed all of our lives for better mm -hmm. for worse I, I try to always feel like we can find a silver lining if if you haven't been personally affected by it I think there are a lot of silver linings for some people um you know you drop your debut album 2018 2019 you start you deliver is this right you personally delivered your merch when people would order you would drive it out to them yeah yeah that was uh my little campaign i came up with for my song how was that was that was that pretty sweet connecting with fans like literally were they like shocked with it how what was those interactions like um well i was i don't think they would even be shocked today but uh, they definitely <laughs> won't, weren't shocked back then because i wasn't wasn't a superstar nor am i today but um uh, it was it was just really cool because, as you can imagine, I knew a lot of those pe people. I was actually surprised at how many people I did get to meet for the first time. So um, but a lot of it, like um, I got to drive to Beckley three or four times and see some friends I hadn't seen in a long time. And I'm always I'm constantly between Charleston and Huntington. So that was that was a really just quick excuse to see people I haven't seen in, in a long time. And there was like five to 10 people that I did get to meet for, for the first time. And that's, that's always really good when you get to meet somebody new period. Cause I like that, but, but, but also meet somebody that has an appreciation for you and what you do. It's a very uh, it's inspiring. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that's, it's similar to us. Like we'll have, you know, I've uh, somebody say something, Oh, I, I listen to the podcast and like, maybe I've never seen them like anything on social media or say anything to me, but they're like, yeah, I've been listening to your, I golf with one of these guys. He's like, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast all along. I'm like, Holy shit, man. Like, thank you. I feel like I should like, I feel like I should like, you know, like shake your hand and like give you something like, Oh my God, like, thank you for, for, you know, giving us the time of your day. But my question was, all right. So, so that's 2018, 2019 world's cruising along. We're all living. We don't, we're unaware of the, you know, the life changing thing ahead of us. COVID happens, right? disrupts everything live music is difficult we have a buddy tanner davis shout out tanner jazz musician you know he's in the live performance business it's tough i mean what are you going to do when they're literally saying stay at home don't don't be near people don't shake hands don't and don't blow into a horn that pushes air out into the world right so it's like <laughs> music is tough it became extremely difficult to perform it seems like you took that in stride maybe i'm sure it was challenging but realize that digital world remote world social media connecting with fans remotely and digitally uh can be possible but also maybe extremely enriching in a different angle was that kind of like i mean did you know you were gonna like was that the plan headed into that or you totally saw COVID and said fuck like how can i how can i keep this thing going like what, what can i do now to keep moving um by being so i mean your website's amazing like all, you know, the high quality, like your social media, I, I can understand your story. I can see your face. I can hear the music. I can in quickly get to things. So it's very, very easy for folks to digitally experience Shalem. Like, do you feel like that's a master plan or did you just kind of stumble into that realization as we kind of went through COVID? Well, um, as far as like social media and my w website and stuff, I've always tried to make it like you said, it's accessible. You can find any and everything that you want because because that's just as a consumer, as soon as I find some something I like, I want everything immediately. So I make sure that I'm providing that to my to my con consumers. But to my what happened to me with with COVID, I guess, was I was rolling with the punches. Um, I had I was working, I was working with a few people in Huntington to put together this awesome album, album release party in April. And then, you know, COVID derailed everything like late February, mm -hmm. or early March, I, I believe. Yep. And then I was like, well, I, I've already uploaded my, my album, like this is happening, regardless. So, um, 
it became a, well, what are you going to do? And the thing I came up with, I wanted it, I wanted it to, I wanted the album release party to happen because I wanted to get everybody in the room and I wanted to get everybody thinking and feeling the same thing. So I just had to, I just had to think, how can I do that remotely? And the way, one of the ways I came up with, I shot these little, these little stupid commercials, like poor green screen commercials. And then um, after I put those out, I did, I did a social media takeover where essentially I reached out to any and everybody and was like, Hey, would you be willing to put a video of me on your story as like me promoting my album? So we did that. And I think, I think I got like a hundred, less than a hundred people to like put a different video of me saying, Hey, my album is out, blah, blah, blah. I, I did like a whole bunch of those. And so once I once I did that and I was like, hey, this 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 is this works. This did exactly what having 70 people in a room would have done and probably even more so because if they were there, maybe some of them wouldn't have put it on their story or maybe some of them wouldn't have listened to the album once they left. But once you get people involved in it, they have they have more reason to stay involved, essentially. So. Yeah, they, you're almost giving them a sense of ownership of it. They feel like they can almost af- affect the creative process or they're like, they're painting the picture alongside with you, right? Exactly. So you bring them in and they're part of it and they they treat it like they're th- their own. So once I did that, then that was early in in April. Once you get once you get one one thing to work, you get you get the confidence to keep it going. So and plus, I was always I was familiar slash already trying to do well on social media that's kind of what my uh delivery man campaign was um i think i'd done one thing before that but i tried to i try to make everything digital because digital is more shareable and that's how you can get it out there more especially when you're working with a smaller sample size when we're working when we're we're in smaller communities we kind of had to make sure that we branch out into our nearby communities as we do stuff, you know? PJ, when we see other West Virginia companies pouring their heart and soul into the Mountain State, it really does fire us up. And our sponsor, Building Appalachia, man, I tell you, they're doing exactly that. Go ahead and tell the listeners what exactly Building Appalachia does. Well, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, definitely reach out to Building Appalachia, buildingappalachia.com. Jordan Christ and Jacob Skinner, we had them on the podcast. They're genuine guys, and they just want to make this part of West Virginia better. They want to connect people with their perfect home, or they want to renovate a home and connect it with who somebody that it might be their perfect home, the next family that moves in there. So find these guys online, buildingappalachia.com. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in Kanawha, Putnam, or Cabell counties, these are the guys that you need to get connected with. As now that, uh, you know, I'd like to think that we're turning, the, you know, the, a corner here with all of this <laughs> stuff. How much of that has, has kind of reverted back to what it used to be? I mean, you're doing, you know, gigs again and, and full packed houses, you know, are some of those lessons that you learned from COVID still kind of sticking with you and your distribution or the, the way that you kind of, uh, go about the future or maybe now things are kind of going back the other way yeah well again I was always trying to do social media well so now that now that I've had to do it um I have a I just have a better feel of how I like to communicate like that was the one that was the one main thing I learned I almost said last year <laughs> in 2020 <laughs> That was amazing. Year we're right. still pretty much last year too, so <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. Time is, yeah, I don't even know what year it is, what day it is. <laughs> oh crap! What was I saying? Yeah, like I, I in in 2020, the thing I think I wrote it down some somewhere, but the thing I learned was how to communicate my ideas and what I want to get across. So that is something that is always going to stay there, and now I get to do it too. Now I get to do it twofold. There is the in-person part and the digital part, and I get to play those two against the, each other. So when there's a show, 
I make sure, hey, let's make this, let's do this thing and treat it like this so that it's shareable in a digital space and then vice versa. This digital thing, I'm going to try to make sure that we can do it in person. Like um, one example, which I haven't done this in a really long time. Well, probably not, not a really long time, like a month, but um, I'll randomly do these, do this, do this game on, on Instagram, uh, call it guess the song. And I will, I will hum or whistle or beatbox or something uh, like the instrumental of a song or the main, the main top line and mm-hmm. I'll make people guess it. So mm-hmm. um, once, once live music came back last year uh, at my first show we did at Black Sheep, I like brought a couple people up and had them do guess the song, but I had my DJ, I had my DJ distorted so that they couldn't really hear the vocals. It was only the bass line and like, you know, stuff like that. I just like to, I like to, I like to cross, oh, what's the word? Whatever. Cross the, cross the worlds, bring it, bring it all together and make it one yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. man. I, I mean, I think, I think that's so, so effective too, because I mean, obviously we're in the social media business, right? We're a digital first media platform that tries to storytell about West Virginia, right? That's our whole MO. So like, how can we use the modern day platforms to shine light on West Virginia and folks like yourself that are you know doing good things in the state? Um, but but I, I do agree. I think it isn't people like that engagement process because it, it feels real and it feels like they can uh, really affect, not affect, but uh, help create and promote the work of people they like. I um, mean, I think artists are, you clearly understand that. Do my question is, do you think, do you feel like you're ahead of the curve with music and artists? Like are, are people still like thinking about like, I just, I need to sign to a big label and like, or I mean, do physical album sales even remotely cross the mind of like a young per like a young musician? Or is it like, are you thinking like metaverses, NFTs, digital world, like <laughs> that, like that type of stuff? Like, do you feel like, like, where do you feel like you're at on that spectrum of like, in terms of like musicians and releasing their craft out to the world? Um, I wouldn't put myself ahead or behind um especially once you once you mentioned the metaverse and uh what's all that stuff because i'm not particularly interested in that mm-hmm. the super avant-garde really mm-hmm. futuristic stuff i'm not too in- interested in I, I i try to i try to keep myself aware of all the, these things and make sure that i can capitalize on it and include it in my work if it feels right but at the end of the day, to me, it's all about it's all about the feeling. And like I said, I really try to make sure everything it makes sense digitally and in person. And I want to me, Shalem is an experience the whole way through from mm-hmm. start to finish. It's not just the songs. It's not just the performances. It's not just what you can find on the Internet. It's everything. If my name is attached to it it's got to feel that way. So that's kind of, that's, that's the only thing that guides me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that so, makes sense. So kind of piggybacking off of what Cooper was just asking, what is the future then? Like, what are the goals that you have? Are they music related? Are they civil engineer related? Like what, what, where is it that you would like your career path to go? Or are they still kind of, it's a hand in hand journey with you just don't yeah. quite know yet. You're just walking the path. I just I just had this conversation with somebody I met on Sunday and yeah the answer is I don't know and I don't care. I yeah. am I am perfectly happy where I am now. Um everything is going well and everything is progressing at a considerable rate. So yeah, like you said I'm just following the path. Um and whatever happens happens. The cool. only thing I'm already happy and I just hope I stay happy as things, things progress. So that's kind of, it's the only thing I'm really balancing. It's like, okay, what is this going to, what is this going to do for me? And what's it going to cost me if I go this way or the other? Well, see, that's an important important point too. I I think you embody it. Maybe you recognize what you do if you're not like you're in the, you're in the and business, right? You're not in the or business, right? I think, I think we get trained, honestly, quite honestly, education system wise. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a dentist? Do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be this? Mm -hmm. Like you almost just have to like declare this like lifelong thing. And it's, I mean, it starts at the early age. Like, what do you want Mm -hmm. to major in? Like, what do you want to do? Like, and I think, 
I think if more people think about their life in terms of, you know what, I'm in the and business and what that means, I'm being a little cheeky with saying that it's like, I can do multiple things. I can be a couple of different things. I can have a day job. I can do this on the side. I think maybe some of the stigmas around like even like side hustles have started to fade. Like it used to be like, oh, this person's having to work two jobs. Like, did you hear that Susie down the street's having to work? Well, it's like, no, actually Susie's just like empowering herself to do something she likes and sells can cupcakes. I pause you right there? Yeah, man. Um, you're making a great, great point and I'm going to ruin it, but I think, (laughs) I think we should mention, or I would like to mention that like side hustle culture is also becoming a little dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, people are probably doing a little bit too much and, oh, I'm the king of this. I'm running myself ragged, Mm -hmm. but, um, we, I think we should be careful to not, uh, glorify glorify uh side hustle culture because some people have a side hustle because they need to and some Mm -hmm. people have a side hustle because they are trying to turn it into their own thing i think there's i think there's reasoning there's reasonings Mm -hmm. to uh to be balanced but anyway sorry that's it no man it, it's a look i i love it because it, it's a good point because this you know a single mother that having to work two jobs is like well fuck you cooper i'm i'm delivering uber because i fucking have to not because yeah, I she wanna, wouldn't call it I, a I side hustle she would call but, it a yeah. second job i mean right. she yeah. calls it a pain in the yeah. ass <laughs> so it's that's true. you know yeah 100 true 100 true i think my, my my core point i guess and underneath that is that if more of us thought about being in the and business with our life instead of the or business mm-hmm. i think it would allow you to taste more things it would allow you to explore more things it would like sure. it would prevent it would reduce this anxiety of like 18 year olds thinking like i gotta come out of college and all of a sudden i gotta decide what i want to be for the rest of my life it's like yeah. well, well be you free. have to decide before you go in there right yeah you're gonna waste all your time and yeah yeah waste right. all your money <laughs> so it's just oh, like i think how can you be two or three things until you figure out what is, you know, what, what is it that you want to spend the majority of your time doing? So For sure. And I have, I have friends who are still very unsure, like, okay, I graduated co- college and I'm on this path and I really don't think this is for me. And um, I know I met this lady once she was, she was running like, she was like the head of business development at a company or something at an engineering firm. And in talking to her, her life story was nuts. She was like, she was like a nurse or something. And she had like two other steps before she ended up um, the head of business development at an, at an engineering firm. And it's like, your path is not linear and you don't have to stick to one thing. Like you just keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities and if there's anything you ever think that that might be cool you just go for it and see what happens cj when i'm cooking dinner i at this point in the evening i've got little mental capacity left so something that has really improved my life and made cooking dinner a breeze is using raised rub now raised rub is a true all-purpose seasoning that's packed full of mouth-watering herbs and spices 21 of them to be exact yeah, it's like a mouthful of flavor when that chicken, pork, or vegetables get in your mouth. When you take that first bite with raised rub sprinkled on top, or if you seasoned it beforehand, it's just like, boom, punches you right in the mouth. It's it's a delicious taste. You can get it on Raised Rub's website or Amazon.com, and they just ship it right to your door, man. Brody Prudnick was a former guest. We had him on. He was awesome, and he oversees the Raised Rub operation based out of Morgantown. But, uh, man, this is a West Virginia company to its core, and we are loving to be proud partners with Raise Rub Cooper. Order Raise Rub today. DJ, one of the things that you just gotta have in life is a J-O-B. And if you're in West Virginia, I think the best place you can go is Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Now they're a premier talent acquisition agency. So that means if you're a small business, they can help you get employees. Or if you're just looking for a job, Mountaineer Employment Solutions can help you do that. Hold on, Cooper. I'm writing that down. You said J-O-B. Oh, job. Yeah, sorry. I'm not great at spelling. That took me a second to get there. But yeah, definitely. Mountaineer Employment Solutions is the way to go if you're looking for a job or for a company that, you know, if you need staffing for your company, definitely check those guys out. You can find them online. Beamountaineer.com. That's beamountaineer.com. Bill Carter 
found this company. He's an awesome guy and he's going to hook you up. He's going to, he's genuine, man. He just wants to help people, especially West Virginia businesses. So go check them out. Mountaineer Employment Solutions. You can find them online at beamountaineer.com or find either of their locations in person in Morgantown and in South Charleston. I know it, it kind of sounds funny. I mean, we, we've told stories like that on this platform time and time again, where it's usually the person's like third, fourth, fifth thing that they figured out in their lives that ultimately turned into mm-hmm. what it is that they are going to be known for. Um, you know, but that, that saying of like no regrets, you know, like, although it is goofy and kind of sounds funny and gets like crapped on for, you know, like for several reasons, but it is true. I mean, you don't sure. want to have these regrets. You don't want to miss opportunities um, that you think might ultimately turn into something or, you know, these, this, this idea of what we were just talking about, these side hustles, like try several side hustles or try several jobs or, you know, just to see what it is that you ultimately like. And maybe you can kind of blend several of them together. If that works great. If it doesn't, at least you tried. So I think it's, it's a failure thing too, man. I think, you know, if, if when CJ and I launched Mountaineer Media two years ago and Mason, um, our producer, you know, we publicly declared this big grand thing that we were going to do. It could have failed. It could have been quite embarrassing to say, we're going to storytell about West Virginia. We're going to do this and that. We're going to, and it's seven episodes like, in disappears. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been tough. It would have been a tough pill to swallow. I think to someone who maybe, and I, I have zero of this in me caring what, like if I fail or not publicly, I'll take the public L for the mm-hmm. sake of learning and, and the growth of it. But I think that plagues society a little bit. It's like, well, I don't want to maybe put myself out there, admit that I'm actually passionate in this and you know i'm just going to instead do this more safe thing i i you know and i hate that because i i when i speak to young kids and i go back to the view and give you know like lectures it's like it's corny it does follow your passion but i mean at the end of the day people i mean you, you gotta do what, you gotta do what makes you happy um yeah. and if, if that's multiple things great and if you can figure out how to do multiple things great if not that's okay. Um, pick one thing, but at least enjoy it. At least let it be sustain your lifestyle and enjoy it at the same time. Um, For sure. Yeah. So, I, okay, let's kind of get into some of your music. I know we're running out of time here, but I did want to ask you some questions. One, you have a show coming up um, later this month, April 21st, I believe, with Corduroy Brown, who we were talking a little bit off camera. Um, your relationship with Corduroy is what because we had him on he's a great guy well, what first, is your relationship with him? uh first we just had a show last weekend too okay okay gotcha uh people can't see that one but <laughs> we'll, so we'll promote the next one but we are <laughs> we are right back um i think actually it might be no that's right no the 16th see look my 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 calendar is all screwed up in my head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> on the twenty first, on the twenty first, that is that is for men's minority, men's and minority mental health awareness week. We are doing yeah. that at Marshall okay. University, um, with the with the School of Psychology. I'm sorry, I might be wrong on that, but with the School of Marshall University, and um, uh, Corduroy is my boy. Um, I think. I think we met maybe like 2017 or so and he and I he and I have done a lot together as friends and as musicians uh we've played uh we've played on WSAZ together he yep. he did an acoustic guitar he had uh, the link up too we we know what his we know <laughs> that he's got some ties there at SAZ for sure and um and we have tried to make a few songs that haven't really panned out, but no, that, that uh, Corduroy is my good friend. That is, that is the answer to that question. Yeah. We have been, we have been boys for a while. So, because you guys did a tiny desk submission, he was in it. Did, yeah. Any more tiny desk submissions on the way coming up? You know, yeah, what... <laughs> I did one. I did one this year. Yeah. Um, which I think, I think they picked the, the winner at the end of this month. Uh, I'm not super confident we would win, but that's okay because I'll be up there one way or the other. For sure. No, that's a that's the confidence that you need too. 
Well, do, I do want to touch on Shalem before, before we let you go. Again, we're always gracious to your time here is um, the TEDx talk that you gave because um, mm -hmm. uh, I myself gave one September. It was a very enriching and really a culmination of a lot of things for me. What was it like for you to give that and maybe even just share a little bit? I encourage people to go listen to it, but maybe just share a little bit about what your, your message was during that talk. Oh, crap. Where's my phone? I have I, I like wrote out. I explained this to somebody a little bit better. You know, <laughs> like like a, a shorter. Let me, yeah, let me see if I can. <laughs> like 300 words Please. or less. But, <laughs> but um, so the the context of my talk was that I do both engineering and music, and they are they are essentially one in the same because I believe I believe um creative thinking and logical thinking are not they're they're two sides of the same coin and they shouldn't be separated and essentially once you once you try to try to come at any angle from both ways at once that's when you get your best product that's when you get your best ideas and that's when you can achieve something that you didn't really imagine yeah yeah. No, people, if they want to go watch that, because you did that with a bunch of other people, it was mm -hmm. super cool, well-designed and well-thought-out uh, TEDx there at Marshall. TEDx, Marshall U, Stories That Change Us. If you Google that, the, the Vimeo link will pop up there. Yeah, um, actually, um, everybody's, every every one of those has been published on the TEDx YouTube, except for mine yet. I have been, oh, no. I have been refreshing that page probably 10 times a day for a week and a half <laughs> i am waiting because when when it's on that youtube you'll see it you'll know <laughs> all right cool. you'll know well, good. i'll make we'll, sure everyone we'll need a i'm gonna start tweeting that and i'm gonna start petitioning them to yeah yeah hey, TEDx, where's this at? <laughs> no i do like that idea that you can come in because on paper engineering and music seems so like polar opposite like one's hard facts math the other one is very artistic but when you do kind of meet in the middle you can solve any problem i think is kind of the underlying underlying idea there yeah. um uh, sugar water that took off in popularity the music video was done at power park mm -hmm. um did you actually throw any baseballs or actually hit any baseballs or was that all just for show i definitely uh <laughs> i definitely threw baseballs over the camera over the camera that's cool um, you gotta take advantage when you're the power park right <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get hit in the head with with one. That was okay. All right, what's sick? I love yeah, the video was sweet, man. I mean, yeah. who did who do you who worked with you on that? Like shooting the video and like all the design work and all that. That was that was awesome, though. Caden Tooley was my director on that. I don't know okay. if, you guys, if you guys haven't talked to to him here, you certainly need to. He is he is like he is like the definition of legendary. Hmm. Wow. Okay. When I when I met Caden, I was a senior at Marshall, and I think he was either a freshman or a sophomore. And the first video we ever did together was for my song Fuego. It's the one where I got the big head, and like just just that alone. Look at that and think of how insane you have to be to have that kind of quality. When he was he wasn't even twenty yet. I, I don't think like this guy is wow. This guy is crazy good. But um, so yeah, Caden Tooley is who I make most of my videos with. Um, I also work with uh, a good friend of his and a good friend of mine, Dylan Smith. He has directed one of my videos and he just directed another one that we're working on. But uh, it's normally Caden still in it, even when Dylan is involved. So it's like, it's me, Caden, and or somebody else. That's your team, man. You get your team. I love it. For sure. Yeah, well, cool, man. Well, look, I mean, Shalem, the, I mean, how do we even address you? The civil engineer, the, the French speaking, the TEDx speaker, the uh, <laughs> producer, the rapper, the ultimately the proud West Virginian. Uh, you know, thanks for coming on the podcast, folks. If you're listening, find them, uh, Shalem304.com, Shalem on Instagram, Shalem on Twitter. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. We, we'd love, we, we so love talking to you. And yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, Thank good you. luck to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Young Chalemin is...
All right. Thanks for listening to this episode with Shalem, the Mountaineer Media Podcast. It's producer Mason Jack, co-host Cooper Zimmerman, and myself, CJ Harvey. Special thanks to all of our bloggers, Joe Justice, Shannon Stowers, Jessica Riggins, Catherine Allen, Travis Kale, Laura Jackson-Roberts, and Mackenzie Holdren. You can find all of their work over on our website, mountaineermedia.org. Another shout out to Joslyn Barnhart, Andrew Montes, and Logan Garrison. They are part of our live events team as we continue to plan the Almost Heaven Classic. It's going to be one of the most entertaining golf tournament really weekend experiences that you will ever be a part of again that is coming your way 2023 so i know it seems like so far away but follow along a lot of details need to go into this to turn it into what we think will be a true west virginia experience up in canaan valley so more details coming out here soon we will have plenty to pass on to you guys all right moving on make sure to check out our website like i previously mentioned it's mountaineermedia.org of course we've got the blog we've also got a shop filled with one-of-a-kind west virginia merchandise make sure to go check it out rep it stick it on social media if you wearing it we're going to make sure to post it and let everybody let the world know that you are rocking your mountaineer media gear and you are throwing some love towards West Virginia's way. So we would appreciate you doing that. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter on our website. You'll get monthly discount codes and we'll get you caught up to speed on everything that you need to know about Mountaineer Media. You can also find us on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. Of course, we love hearing from you guys on places like Facebook and Twitter as well. So make sure to find us there and shoot us a note. Just tell us we're doing a good job or send us a guest recommendation. We'll give you a shout out here if we take you up on one of those guest recommendations so thank you guys for tuning in we will be back again this time next week and we'll see you then peace but i ain't shooting at these hoes no more because brandy keep me up so i don't know no floor she be asking why i never post oh lord i say if she hear who i take the photo for all that matters is i got you but if it makes you smile then i guess i really got you funny i was blessed for i ever said i you maybe i should put it in a song let them know i'm all about you delivery man i got you I got the package. Oh. Is you feeling me, man? I know you feel me. Got the whole game in captivity, man. I got it on lock. Tell a hater that there's no getting rid of me, fam. Front door.